At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. Today, I'm starting a new series and uh, just going to kind of break the ice on it this morning with our baby dedication and everything. And my, my new series, and you can, you can put it up here, is entitled From Life to Death to Life. And uh, it's a three-part series today, next Sunday, and then on Easter Sunday. Today, we're going to talk about just a few things regarding how that life got started, how he became who he was for us. Next week, we're going to talk things surrounding the death, and Easter Sunday, Things surrounding the resurrection. Kind of three parts to this. Um, God gave me this just in the last probably month about how to preach this and, and, and deliver this in, in, a, in a certain way. And so today, um, I want to start with message one. <clears throat> and we're going to start with John chapter one and verse one. John 1, 1. From, from life to death, to life. Man. From life, to death, to life. Mm. John 1, and verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. When? When was this? This is in the beginning. This is, this is John 1, but this was in the way beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning. He, the Word, was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him, nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. What, what, the, 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 the light shone in what darkness? In the beginning. Remember? God said, light be, and light was. In the beginning, light destroyed darkness. Darkness didn't know what to do with it. If there's no windows in this room right here, and if you turn all the lights out, you can't see your hand in front of your face. But once you turn the lights on, it destroys the darkness. It's removed. And that's what happened here in the beginning. So, are we talking about the beginning of the world we know here, the earth that we know? Are we talking about <clears throat> this beginning? Are we talking about when God was first created? He's talking about the word being a he. So what we're talking about is, and scripture tells us, that God had a plan for your and my redemption before the foundation of the world. I look at it like this. That father and and Word and Holy Spirit had like a board meeting before the 
foundation of the world. They, they gathered, the three of them were together. And in that meeting, God's plan for redemption was set. You were thought about, when you're thinking of these babies and the scriptures that we read, that God had a plan for Jeremiah. He had a plan for the babies that were here that we dedicated today. God had a plan for them before they were. I mean, you know, that doesn't make any sense. But that's what he said. If God said it, then that's the way it is. How many believe that today? If he said it, you you don't even have to believe it. But if he said it, that's the way it is. And he said there was a plan before the foundation of the world. And that's what he's talking to us about today in this passage of Scripture. He was in the beginning. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And he did everything that we just read that it said that he did. And then in verse 14 it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is the only gotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word became flesh. Before the foundation of the world, God set up the plan of redemption for Jesus to come and redeem us and liberate us and set us free. That's what his life was about on planet Earth. He spent 30 years preparing for three years of ministry to liberate you and I. More more and more all the time, like I was telling you today as I was reading those verses of Scripture of the children, this is a promise. (laughs) When I met my wife, when we married, I was a rebellious cuss. I'd been saved long enough just to be dangerous. But I was rebellious. I didn't like my parents. I actually, you know, got born again and had to deal with hating my mother. I mean, verbalizing out of my mouth that I hated my mother. I had to, I had to do all this kind of stuff. I had to jump through these hoops to, to get rid of this thing that, I, that was coming out of my mouth that I hated her. And the problem was it wasn't working. I was born again. I was born again and still had these emotions and feeling of dislike of my mother and my father. Well, God knew what I needed, and I married somebody that honored parents more than I've ever seen anybody honor parents. Anybody, ever, ever. No human being I've ever met on planet Earth more honoring of their parents than my wife. I'm going to tell you something. I, I mean, I just start thinking about this and I begin to weep. But after this series, <laughs> I've got a series that God has given me for a year now. And you know what it's entitled? One word. Relationships. I can't, I, I, I'd, I'd like to teach it right now. Anyway, I just thought about it because of what I was saying about my wife. But what she taught me, what she helped me with to overcome was the dishonoring 
that operated in my life. But see, I could tell her all the things that my mom didn't do. I described for her the, the day, I've told this story different times, but I described with her the day that at 13 years old, my mom left me for, for another person. And she left and left my dad and left our whole family and just took off. And I, I can remember standing out on a street corner just weeping like a little baby, and she just took off. And it was like my heart did this. Nobody's coming in. Nobody's penetrating that thing because nobody's going to hurt me like that again. But my wife began to teach me how to honor because what I was doing was sabotaging my life. See, if, if, it, if you live long, if you obey and honor your parents, I didn't say that they do everything right. I mean, you know, after about 10 years of my marriage, then I was a perfect father, but I've been the only one. You, you, you understand? There's no, not any other perfect fathers or mothers, but my wife and I, but it, it took me about 10 years, but then I became perfect. Not, right? It's a joke. There are no perfect ones, so you can't say, yeah, well, if my parent, no, 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 no. Talk to the hand. That doesn't work. That doesn't hold water. Not with God, okay? I, I'm not saying that people haven't been hurt. I'm not, I'm not saying that people haven't been abused and different things. I'm not saying that, that things like that have not happened. I'm saying there, through the blood of Jesus, there is a way to overcome. There is a way. He's got the answer to overcome. That's what he came for. That's what his life was sent here for. That's what the plan was about before the foundation of the world. Not God running to the rescue trying to put fires out. No, it was already set up. Already set up. When Adam and Eve screwed up in the garden, it was already set up. God so loved the world. He so loved us. We're his favorite. You're his favorite. That he gave the best of heaven. That we would not perish but have everlasting life forever. Forever and ever and ever. Can you say amen? Isaiah says it like this, chapter 9 in verse 6. For under, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Somebody said, man, that's a Christmas verse. No, that's a Bible verse. Hmm? <clears throat> that's a Bible verse. For unto us a child is born thousands of years before, 2,000 years before this happened. Isaiah's prophesying this. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name, ha, he's called Wonderful. That's his name. He's Wonderful. Somebody says, well, you know, I don't think God's all that wonderful. You don't know him. But when you get to know him, he becomes that. He's no respecter of person. And when you get to know him, he becomes wonderful in every way. Wonderful, he's my counselor, he's my mighty God, he's my everlasting father, he's the prince of peace. We see in scripture, while he was alive, he told his disciples, 
I'm giving you my peace. You don't have, you're not going to get some garage sale peace. I'm giving you my peace to deal with every issue on the planet. There's not anything he hasn't already taken care of because of what was planned before the foundation of the world. Everything's covered. You and I could sit here today, we could send a microphone around, and, and everybody could talk about maybe three things that they're having issues with today. Go, 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 go. Then we get, then we get, to, we get to Michael back there, and he says something, and we go, oh, 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 oh. nope, that wasn't covered. You poor thing. You'll just have to figure it out on your own. Not. Not. Go through the whole thing. Go through every church in town. Go, go, go talk to every person in town. Everything that we're struggling with today, he's already provided for. See, because the Holy Ghost that lives inside of you, the Holy Spirit, you've been born a second time, then the Holy Spirit lives in you, and he knows everything about everything and every answer. And you know what our responsibility is? My wife said it earlier. I've told, I can't tell you how many people I've said this to. Only difference in me and a lot of people I know, I just never, we never quit. We didn't throw the talent. Man, we made some stupid mistakes. I mean, did some things that shouldn't have been done. Did some things thinking, well, we're going to help God out and make this work. You can't help God out. He's the helper, not you. Huh? And I promise you, you need help. And if you can't admit that you need help, it's because you don't know him like you need to know him. Okay. Who? None of us know him like we need to know him. We need to keep developing. Can you say amen? But he's the, he, he's wonderful. He's your counselor. He's mighty God. He's everlasting father. He's prince of peace. And that was said. 2,000 years before he even showed up, as a result of what was said 3,000 years before creation. Or 2,000. Two, 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 yeah, something like that. Somewhere in the thousands. Right? He did it for us. He lived this life. He was sent here because God so loved you. You know, we can talk about God loving the world, but you're part of the world. And if it would have just been you, you've got to be convinced you were enough. You've got to be convinced of that. Or he wouldn't have ever died for anybody. Luke 3 and 21. When all the people were baptized... This is John baptizing in the River Jordan. It came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, this is what was said. This is what happened. The heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son. In you I am well pleased. Uh, okay, so what does that mean? That means father looked at Jesus at 30 years old, like if he was looking at Eric right here. Eric, you're my son, and I am well pleased. 
That's what he told Jesus? Do you think Jesus believed him? Hmm? You're my son, and I am so pleased with you. Do you think Jesus believed him? I know he did. Because, listen to me, if you and I think that, you know, Jesus was just going to kind of be rolled in like a bowling ball. He's going to just roll into the earth and, you know, he just, he's the son of God and he's just going to be all this and everybody's just going to move aside and the devil's just going to bow his knee and everything. If you think it was that easy, it wasn't. And if you think that Jesus didn't have the ability to not choose life, you're deceived. I mean, you got to go figure that out for yourself. Don't take it because I said it. I'm telling you today. If Jesus, couldn't, if Jesus couldn't have been tripped up, and he, if Jesus wasn't in a place where he could have sinned, then he's not the perfect example for you and I. He could have. You remember when he was in the garden? What did he say? We get the only evidence that we have in Scripture of Jesus' will and the Father's will not being the same. You remember all through Scripture, he would say, I didn't come here to do my will. I came here to do the will of my Father. Did he say that? Over and over and over again. I only do and say the things that I hear from Father. Only. And now in the garden, he's beginning to sweat drops of blood. He's beginning to take all the sin, all the sickness, all the oppression, all destruction, everything of humanity that ever lived or ever will live, he began to take it on himself. I don't understand that. I don't know how that could be possible, but he did. And this is what he says. Father, if there be... I mean, he wasn't sitting here just leaning against a pulpit. He was sweating drops of blood. He was beginning to experience what he was going to go through in the garden before anybody touched him. And what was it? You're in my sin. You're in my sickness. The deliverance that you and I needed to be set free from what Adam and Eve did in the garden. And he said, Father, if there be any other way, yet not my will, but your will be done. The greatest act of submission that the world has ever known. Ne the world's never known an act of submission, of submitting to the will of someone else like that one was. And he submitted. Where do you think he learned that? Well, he was the son of God. No, 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 no. Won't work. He learned it in church. Fabian, what you were saying earlier about what you learned in church, that, that was really good. I, I appreciate that. And I, and, and I believe he means that, you know. I, I believe that. But because, because it's not, so, so Fabian has begun to be successful in business in something I don't know anything about his business or he shares with me, I'm in agreement with him to prosper and to, for good things to happen in his life, but I don't know anything about that part of the business world. He's not prospering because, he's not prospering because I've got all this understanding. I may have 
nuggets of wisdom to share and to pour into him, but it's the word that he heard preached. See, and now the knowledge and understanding that other people have helped him with in how to do business, the wisdom that he got from here, now he's able to add that to the knowledge he has, and it makes things work. That's the way Jesus got it. He learned that submission to the Father in church. That's what his parents did. They took him to church all the time. Remember, he was 12 years old, and he got lost. They didn't find him for three days. (laughs) Three days. And where'd they they find him? He was in church. (laughs) For three days, he was in church. (laughs) Well, maybe he went to somebody's house and they fed him or whatever, but sounds like to me he just stayed in church for three days. Because he was all about the word. See, if church isn't about the word, then it's just another public assembly. Church has to be about the word. What are we talking about today? The word. Luke chapter 4 and verse 1. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan. Everybody look at me. I don't want you to because I'm coming to the end of this message, I don't want you to kind of top out. I want you to get this. What I'm fixing to give you right now, I want you to get it. Everybody say, I got it. Okay, here we go. Then Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, this is after his baptism, filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil, and in those days he ate nothing, And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry, and the devil said to him. Now, if you don't know this, the Bible calls Jesus the second Adam. Okay? And when he was coming up out of the water, Eric, what did I speak over you earlier? You're the son yeah, and that, and that I'm pleased. He heard, he heard that, okay? He heard that he is his beloved son, or I, I said it like, I was saying it like, I'm God. You're my beloved son, in you I'm well pleased. So he heard that, and that's what Jesus heard. And here he is, tempted by the devil. Watch this. And the devil said to him, If you're the son of God, (laughs) the devil comes immediately to steal the word that's been sown in your heart. God told Jesus, listen, he's all God, but he's all man. Hmm? The difference in Jesus and you and I is Jesus was directly from the sperm of the father, and you and I are indirectly. If you, didn't, if you didn't believe that, you need to believe that too. He was directly from the sperm of the Father. That's the difference. You and I are not of the deity of God. We're created in the image of God, but we're not Him. Same way my children are created in my image, they're not me. 
And you got to know that. You got to drive that home in your heart. But you're as close. Here's God, and here's you. And then there's the angels and everything else. But there's God, and there's you. And actually, at the right hand of the Father, we sit like this. Maybe on his lap, I don't know. That's how much he sees us. How much he sees in us. So he said, if you're the son of God, command this stone to become bread. What was it that Satan went after Eve with? Food, right? He went after her with food. He said, if you're the son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Real quick, we're going to come right back to that. But I want to look at Genesis 3 and verse 1. Genesis 3 and 1. So Satan says to Jesus, if you are the Son of God. Genesis 3 and verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, he said to the woman, Satan says to the woman, says to Eve, has God indeed said? So what was said to Jesus is not identical to what is said right here. It, it gets closer in a second. But what is it trying to create? Doubt. Trying to get you to not believe that God really said what he said he would do. Man. And he's working overtime every day to get you to become convinced That what you see with your eyes, what you hear with your ears, how you feel about a situation is more real than what God has promised. He works overtime with that. Well, you see where he got it from. You see how our elder brothers and sisters were confronted with the same stuff that we're confronted with every single day. Can you say amen? Has God indeed said... You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, "Uh, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, More doubt. No, you'll not die. You'll not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat eat of it, Your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And so the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes. It appeared to be good. It looked good. It seemed good. Got to be good. Pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate, and she gave it to her husband, and he said, get, the, get behind me, Satan. Who did God create? 
He created Adam, but they were male and female, but they were Adam before they had bodies. So he gave the authority to Adam. I believe Adam could have stopped it right then. But what came out of that situation? We're not going to read all that story, but what came out of that? When God challenged him about it, it's that dang woman you gave me. And it's been the blame game ever since. And yet, and yet, men, you and I aren't complete without the women that God gave us. We're not complete. Doesn't say anything about us completing her. She was created to complete me. I know, I mean, I, I, I know personally women that don't like that thought. I'm just telling you what he said. Don't get mad at me. I'm just tell, telling you what he said. But, but man, my goodness, where would I, I would be dead today without her. I, I'm, I'm literally convinced because of the baggage that I had, I, I was not complete and I needed the completion. See, that's why we're fighting for marriage. We're fighting for marriage today. And if you've been divorced and you're not married today or you haven't ever been married, no, we're fighting for marriage. We're taking it right where we're at today. Old things are passed away. Everything's brand new. And we're looking at today on. And we're fighting for relationships. Because what Jesus did, remember the title? From life, the life that he lived, all that he did. Listen, there are so many components in the life that he lived on planet Earth before he was crucified. Everything that he did leading up to that in the 33 years before his crucifixion was setting mankind up to be able to receive our deliverance, our healing, our salvation. Everybody say, heaven's a real place. Say it loud. That's our destination. That's where we're headed. But Jesus brought heaven to earth so we can live now like we're in heaven if we learn these principles. Did you hear me? That's what's vital. It's vital that we learn these principles and that we understand what Adam and Eve did, but we understand that Jesus was the second Adam, and what his life came to do was to ransom us back. And that's where we're at today. Whether you receive it or not, well, I don't know about all that healing stuff. Pastor, you know, I, well, if I'm saved, then I'm healed. If I'm healed, and saved, then I'm delivered. It was a package thing. It's not an option thing. That depends on how bad it is. No, 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 no. Doesn't mean we all receive it, but he paid for it. That's what he did for all of humanity. Can you say amen? Go back to the Luke, and I want to just read a few other verses, and then I'll end with this. So, Here's Jesus doing what Adam didn't do. So Adam was tempted, stood there and let his wife eat the apple that God said don't eat. And then she gives it to him and he eats it too. 
Oh, God, deliver us males. Woo! Jesus' name. So we see, we see the temptations and the things that he went through. How did he answer the enemy? The word. No, the word says. Three times. The word says. 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 I'm going just a little farther. I'm going past the temptations. I'll I'll look at a little bit of this in review next week. But I want to... I want to get... Okay, then it says... I've got all this together, so I'm not sure which verse this is. (laughs) So you have to find it. Uh, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee... 14, verse 14, thank you. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out through all the surrounding region, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. He's still going to church. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And I feel like he was reading the scripture, and that's the way the scripture read it. That's the way the scripture read. But I believe these are all his friends and and comrades and people that he grew up with. And he's saying, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And I feel like they're all going. They were fine with him just reading scripture. But when he read this scripture, and then he said what I'm going to read to you in a second, all hell broke loose. All the religious spirits that have ever laid dormant came alive. And he said, Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Poor don't have to be poor anymore. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Don't have to be sick anymore. To proclaim liberty to the captives. Don't have to be in captivity anymore. Recovering of sight to the blind. Don't have to be blind anymore. Physical, spiritual blindness. No more more blindness whatsoever. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. No more oppression. Say that. Say it again. No more oppression. That's what he came to do. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He closed the book. He gave it to the, back to the attendant. He sat down. All the eyes of who, who were there in the synagogue were fixed on him. He began to say to them, this is where the nail was driven in the coffin. <laughs> he began to say to them, if he had just stopped right there, well, that was pretty, and I, don't, I guess he didn't mean himself. If he had stopped right there, it would have been all right. But he said, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth, and they said to him, but, but this is Joseph's son, right? And then a few verses later, they're ready to throw him over a cliff. And what I want you to think about is this. Every promise in God's word is yours. And the day Jesus said that, that day, 
that scripture was fulfilled because he had already made up his mind. He hadn't gone to the cross. He just started his earthly ministry, but he had already made his decision. This is a done deal. And when he got to the garden, you could tell, right? Three years later in the garden, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. This day, this scripture is fulfilled. I'm him. He came. He's the one. He's the Messiah. He's the one to liberate us and to set us free. And now, today, what's the date today? 3-26-23. Today, every promise in the Word of God is fulfilled because of that day. Every promise in the Word of God is fulfilled for your life today because of that day. When he said it, then it was done. It wasn't just the Isaiah passage, but the Isaiah passage was talking about what he was coming to accomplish, and he accomplished it, and it's done. And now in your and my life, and you're in my life. Every promise I find in the Word is what did we read earlier? Yes and amen. And however long it takes you in your life to get to the point where you believe that every promise is yours, you stay with it. Don't back off. The worst thing you can do is get out of church. The worst thing you can do is get away from the Word. The worst thing you can do is think you're smart enough to figure things out. We just read examples of how two people thought they were a whole lot smarter. And thank God for Jesus, the second Adam, who knew he wasn't smarter. And the more you and I learn every day we're not that smart, we need his help, then you will look really stinking smart in spite of you. This promise I want to leave you with today. I read this every day and I'm telling you, I, I, I literally, this is, this is no exaggeration, I, I, I physically get consumed with this passage right here. I get consumed with it every day. In my praying for all of you and all the however many million or more people that I pray for every day. And I declare this over all the people. Before I pray over you, I declare this passage. And it is the promise that matters. It's 1 Timothy 2.1 and it says, I urge you then first of all that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people kings and all those in authority. We may live a peaceful and a quiet life in all godliness and holiness. There is so much to that right there, that promise, that if we live our lives learning how to pray, that's why I've been teaching it so much about how to pray for people, how to pray the different prayers in the Bible over people's lives, and why it's so important. And I'm going to explain to you why it's so important in these last two verses. He said, 
All of this is good. And it pleases God who? It pleases God our Savior. Pleases the one that came and said, Today this scripture is fulfilled. Whatever you will believe from my word, you can have it. And the last part of this is what really gets me every single day anymore. That what what is good and pleases Jesus is these prayers for people because he wants all people to be saved and all people to come to the knowledge of the truth. Some people you pray for may already be saved, some maybe not, but everybody is coming to the knowledge of the truth. And he said this this praying for people and making declarations over their life so pleases me because I don't, I did not, hell was not created for people. Hell was created for the devil and demons. I don't want people desiring hell because they lived on an earth where they didn't experience heaven. You and I are the conduits for humanity to experience heaven on earth. And it takes us believing these promises. Can you say amen to that? I conclude today with this first message in the series from life to death to life. Just telling you, you never have to live in anything short of the best God has. We just don't. But we have to learn how to receive it. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.